Welcome in on Tuesday afternoon. Stephen Oshansky here with the State News Sports Podcast. As you know, Casey and I always have uh, the show recorded on Monday and have it ready to go for you on Tuesday afternoon. But, however, we couldn't uh, salvage the first half of it when uploading yesterday. So you'll hear just the second half of the show. I uh, will give a short intro, and you'll hear Casey and I just after that discuss MSU basketball's big win over Michigan and what's ahead for them as they take on Nebraska on the road and then again Michigan on the road in the uh, coming weeks. So you'll hear us talk about that. Um, other than that, that'll be the shortened version of the podcast. So we apologize for the um, length there, for not the length, but uh, for the shortness of it. And But we'll be back on Thursday. I'll be back on Thursday. Casey will be covering the game. Um, on Thursday, you'll hear me and John LeBlanc uh, talk about uh, the Super Bowl. He's a resident um, New England Patriots fan in the building, so we will have him in to talk the Super Bowl and all the hype just surrounding it. So that'll be Thursday. Uh, until then, enjoy the second half of our show. Um, stay safe. Welcome to the State News Sports Podcast. Stephen Oshansky here alongside Casey Harrison on this Tuesday afternoon. Michigan State coming off a big win against Michigan. And Casey saw it off from the floor. And I just want to hear his thoughts on it. So, Casey, take it away. away. One of the major themes about this team, it seems like the entire year, um, has been playing a complete game and being able to do so on a consistent basis. Well... After Sunday, you get to check one off the list. Um, they played well for an entire 40 minutes. Um, didn't exactly get the rebounding margin that I thought they would because Michigan came in as kind of a bad rebounding team, um, especially against Michigan State. That's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't have eyes and can't see this right now, somebody stuck gum under Ugh. the table, and poor old Stephen had to, had to get it himself. Ouch. I'm, I'm that, sorry, buddy. That's all right. Um, back to the game. Yeah, I mean, the freshmen were as advertised. Um, Cassius Winston finishing with a game-high 16. Um, a, a, well, for a team-high 16, rather. Miles Bridges with 15. He gets his fourth player of the week, or uh, freshman of the week honors. And then you get Nick Ward with 13. Um, and your freshmen were the only guys who finished with double digits. Um, not, a, not a huge surprise right there. But but a big guy that I thought who stepped up was Matt McQuaid, and you talk about head Matt trouble. Matt McQuaid, we grilled on here for not being yeah. Ready you, enough. I mean, you talk about head trouble. The, the dude has made since January sixth, since since you were covering basketball over break mm-hmm. um, against Youngstown State, has made six three pointers mm-hmm. before that game. Right, six for twenty six. So he's nine for twenty nine now. A little bit better of a rate. And uh, I I think that did a lot for him. I think uh, the way Tom Izzo was talking after the game, he he was just like, you should have seen how how the bench kind of rallied around him and how everybody did it. And, I mean, did did you watch the game at all? Yeah, I mean, being here and trying to make the paper at the same time, I got to see here and there. But I I, I mean, Miles Bridges on on McQuaid's last three-pointer of the game, he kind of drove the lane, made it seem like he was going to, um, try and go for a layup, and that that made one of the U of M defenders come off him, uh, off him McQuaid, and go go for the double team, and then just a seamless no look pass, kicks it out to the right elbow, and then McQuaid had 
probably a day and a half. I mean, we as we're speaking, he still had time to make that shot. Um, and that's exactly what he needed is a day like that to go 3 of 3 from beyond the arc. Um, and they're going to take a couple days off now, and they're going to be playing a Nebraska team that evidently is a little better than we all thought. Um, right. Taking down Being able Purdue. to beat Purdue, a team that really kind of mopped the floor of Michigan State. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a little bit of it, um, I mean, Michigan State held U of M to, what was it? I'm trying to see here right now. Um, 33% from shooting. Right, from the that, field, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I think, I think a lot of that Michigan were... Michigan State shot 52%, right? Yeah. Which is, I mean, I can't remember the last time Michigan State was uh, doing that um, from shooting, but... But but I, I think some of the shots that Michigan took were bad. I think some of them were flat out just unlucky. Hmm. Um, well, I watched a lot of air balls and yeah. uh, short, <laughs> weird shots. There was, a, there was a quick pass that... I don't know what happened to it, but I almost had my head taken off. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Connor, he he got a palm on it, and then I got my fingertips on it. But that that was coming straight for me, and that it gave me a good little scare because I was trying to type it away. T- type away at our uh, halftime graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was that was pretty scary. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, it's going to be a different game. Um, just eight seven days later now when. Uh, MSU goes to the Chrysler Center because hmm. um, one, you're in front of a much different crowd, and two, you've already seen, or uh, U of M has already kind of seen the scouting report and they've seen it live, and they're they're gonna know what what to do and what to fix and right. who to cover. Um, so it, it's good that MSU had a spread offense um, for the most part. Um, because I, I think the thing is, um, Derek Walton, I mean, he, he only shot 4 or 12. He finished with 24 points, but 14 of those came from the free throw line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but Zach Irvin, uh, um, John Beeline said after the game, he, he'd actually missed the last two days with the flu. Oof. And that he, he kind of just threw him in there, um, but it was willing to take him out at any, any moment if he showed any sign of fatigue. Mm-hmm. But... I think this is a different Michigan team that you're going to see um, again next week. But right now, I think the focus is trying to take what you did against Michigan and to do it against Purdue. Uh, Connor wrote it in his secondary. It's the same old song and dance. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska, you mean? Yeah, yeah, with Nebraska. <laughs> they they go out, win a game at the Breslin like they should, mm-hmm. and th- the thing is now is to do it on the road. And that's something that Michigan State hasn't really been able to do is to win – a game on the road, especially in the Big Ten, um, they're they're one and three away from the Breslin. Right. No, the th- <laughs> and one win was the yeah. First the one game win was the first game of Big Ten season, so it's been a while since Michigan State has won on the road. Right. I think they need to keep wearing the MAC jerseys. I, I, I was telling Connor, I think it's a kind of a little bit of a good luck charm for them. Um, go out and beat Minnesota by twenty when you win it, then you go out and win, and that was. The thing I like about that win is that win looked really good for the, the recruits that were there. Um, Jaron Jackson was there, who's already committed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I forgot his last name. I think his name is Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a five-star recruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's committed right now um, to either UCLA, Texas, maybe Notre Dame and Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, I mean, he's got that going for him. And to, to go out there and see that kind of crowd and to – you know, experience what a real rivalry game is like. Um, 
it, it bodes well. And so, like I said, I think the biggest thing for this team is to just go out and beat a Nebraska team that, I mean, they, they beat Purdue, but they're still a beatable team. Mm-hmm. And if Michigan State comes out guns blazing, um, I, they probably get the job done. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you watch most of the game. I couldn't, you know, I, it's hard for me to comment on, you know, I'm missing a good majority. I probably missed like a half in total. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of just. It's the thought, defense that Michigan State has kind of been known for. That was what I was about to say, was that Michigan State seemed to be playing. I remember talking with Suichi while we were watching him between closing pages and, you know, just kind of seeing that they, the way they pressured on defense, I hadn't seen in, you know, quite a few games. So I yeah. thought the way they were in guys' faces, they were making a lot of switches at the right time and, you know, fighting through things. And I hadn't really seen that in a while. So I thought their defense of just man on man was, and forcing, you know, forcing, they had hands in, in shot lanes and they had hands, you know, in faces. And that was something I hadn't really seen from them for most of the, because um, I, I think about that Ohio State game. Uh, on the road down in Columbus, and I remember this was just lackadaisical defense. But here, it seemed like they had a they're playing defense with a purpose, and you you kind of wonder, was it the rivalry game? Did something finally snap? Was it practice that week? And so but that's the kind of defense they need to keep having in order to be successful. Yeah, I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but they need to use this game as like a springboard almost. Right. Um, and I, I was kind of looking at some stuff after the game. Michigan had a nation best like 9.2 turnovers per game, mm-hmm. and you forced them to, to turn the ball over 13 times. Right. Um, and, and really, they're not a huge team, and that's something that Michigan State <laughs> – you think Michigan State is a small team? Michigan is that much smaller. I mean, they're, they, they're pretty much playing a four-guard four lineup with a forward, but that forward is more of a shooting forward. Mm-hmm. He's not, he doesn't really have that kind of power forward – um, ability to have a have a strong presence in the post, right? Um, and so that that's something that I'm surprised Nick Ward didn't get more touches. I I mean I know he had 13 points, but it was it was only in like 20 minutes. Hmm. Um, I don't even think it was that. Uh, looking right here, it was yeah he only, he had 13 points in 16 minutes, hmm. and. I know it wasn't a conditioning thing like it was at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. um, but he was six of six for the field too. Right. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know why he didn't get more touches, but that's a, that's a story for a different day. Right. We can we can grill Izzo on that <laughs> when uh, when they do something wrong. Right. Well, uh, I, I think we're gonna retired out. Wrap it up from here. <laughs> yeah, that was a long segment, um, and it's been a long day. I mean, it's late here at the State News Podcast Studio. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd like to give a, I think, a special shout out to our, uh, our good friend and coworker Casey Holland on her twenty second birthday. Yes, so a very, very happy birthday. We're happy to celebrate with her over the weekend and on Monday. So, um, Casey, any final thoughts? Um, if if you're around the East Lansing area, I recommend you go to uh, Clotta. Yes. And get yourself a Jameson burger. We just came from there. <laughs> uh, speaking of Casey's birthday, that was her birthday dinner wish um that we all go with her and i tried for the first time was that your gum no oh okay because steven he just pulled some gum out and he's trying to like pull it out with his gum in his hand um so i thought maybe it was steven that put it behind the table and no. you just forgot about it anyway um yeah get yourself a jameson burger I, they're pretty good um <laughs> You you got to run a marathon after to burn it off, but <laughs> oh yeah, 
Very good. Um, that's that's what good food does to you. Yeah, you'll be gone on Thursday. I, I will correct. be. Um, I'll be out on assignment. Um, I've got class all day, and then covering the uh, Michigan State game. So, night, I, so I won't have time to be here in the studio. But yeah. you get a you get a guest speaker. Yeah, uh, um, we've got a good uh, good resident Tom Brady uh, butt boy and big fan uh, John LeBlanc. Kim and I will discuss the upcoming Super Bowl and get uh, LeBlanc's perspective on what. Might be another Patriots win, or will the Falcons take it? We'll discuss a lot of that next on on Thursday night, so they'll be up and ready for everybody on Friday. Yeah, he's uh, the Dexter Wonder, the <laughs> the Michigan lover that goes to Michigan State, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's he's got his insight on Tom Brady, um, his favorite quarterback of all time. He's probably got a little Patriots onesie. Oh yeah, I'm sure pra- praise to Bill Belichick every <laughs> night. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, you've got that lined up for the show, talking Super Bowl and more, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I can't wait to hear it, to actually sit back and be a part of the audience for the first time. But anyway, uh, until then, have a good week, everybody. Yeah.